another interview we're doing, and today we're interviewing Daddy. Um, his name is Andre. We've known him for about fifteen years. Yeah, More since than... we were teenagers. Yeah, sure. about fifteen years, and um, it's gonna be awesome. Welcome to Uncommon Motherhood, where we take you into the journey of the Olives family. Two families, one great adventure with Lily and Debbie. Yeah, so Dad, say hello. <laughs> Hi, how are you? <laughs> Introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your family, about you. And how we met, how the we way met. you remember yeah. how we met, and then we can Jesus. mention how we remember how we met you. Okay, so this is going to be long. My name is Andre. <laughs> I am a Brazilian grown up in America. Like all of us like here. Like all of us here. Um, I am married to the wonderful Evelyn for 11 years. Been with her for 14 years and known her for 24 years. So that wow, gives you gives you a little bit of insight to what's going on. And then I have two wonderful kids. One is five and a half, a little girl. And one is two and a half, little boy, and the halves make a difference. That's why <laughs> I'm saying the halves. It does make a difference. <laughs> and uh, what else did you ask about me? How we how we met. Oh, yeah, that's right. How did we met? I remember Debbie coming in the church because her dad had come into the church for quite a while, and then they came from Brazil. Mm-hmm. This shy little glasses girl. I know. That became Evelyn's in the little groups because you guys are the same age. I'm a little bit older. Uh huh. A little bit by six years, and at that time it was a big deal. It was a big deal. You guys were like 12, right? Something like that. And then you guys were all together. I was 13. It was 13. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it was during that time, and you guys were like the little clique of the 13-year-olds yes. for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And then I remember that being your family for quite a while. Then Lily, I remember her parents before her, and then the first time, I actually remember the first exact time that I was saw Was it on retreat? It was in the <laughs> retreat that we had, and I was doing the English side, and she was in the women's side, all curious. I kept looking, like, why is this girl always looking at the window, like, trying to see what's going on in there? I'm like, why so am I here? Cur- it's all this old woman. Get me inside with you. And we were, like, pretty crazy, and I could see her, like... Whatever the word is, yeah. all the time, and uh, and then we became pretty good friends. Mm-hmm. And then she was like really close with Evelyn. I remember her falling a few times. She was pretty clumsy. So those. You guys were remember the the yeah. rain dance right. that you guys used to do at the retreat? Yeah, yeah. Looking for like just having fun. I remember her falling. I remember you guys really bad with jelly beans. Yeah. <laughs> They dared me. They're like, I dare you to run up the hill and scream, you poop jelly beans. <laughs> and he had just finished training. And then I slipped. Oh, my God. So it was, it was funny. It was funny. We never forgot. Never. I never forgot it. It was probably one of the top 10 have, funniest moments in my life. I have uh, videos and pictures of that that retreat until today. Yeah. That was my, actually my first retreat, wasn't yeah. it? And it, I think it was a youth retreat of sorts. Yeah. Okay, so maybe it was the second. No, the one you fell was uh, the family retreat that we did at the Lindenzel. Yeah. Because mm. then, like, a year later, that's where I got married. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah, fun. that was a lot place. Something that, something like that. And then we were in each other's weddings yeah. and all that. I sang in your wedding. Yes, you did. It was cool. And uh, what else? I was looking did- through the pictures. Um, we changed because, like, our right. the, the, the the basement got flooded. So I right. saw my whole history again because all the pictures right. were down there. 
And I was looking and I saw you guys singing and Aunt Isaac and Patty was like, Mommy, weren't these people singing in your wedding? I was like, it's Andre. Remember Ellie? Like, oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> That's how they know you guys. Yes. Our kids right. is by By Ellie. pictures and yeah. all that. Yeah, by kids. Oh, no, by, by the kids. Kid association. Yeah. Exactly. Who knows parents? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But um, that's cool. I mean, as far as we... Oh. No, <laughs> as far as we go and all that stuff, we have a long... History. History. Yeah. Teenagehood and all that stuff. You used to be our... Um, youth pastor. Youth pastor For at a the while, time. still doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So on that note, tell us a little bit about like your ministry, because you didn't mention that. And right. How, like... right. So my... Ministry is kind of like a part-time job, which is pastoring. I'm a youth pastor over there at my brother's church. That does not pay me anything, so then I have to work construction. So that becomes a ministry in itself. Oh, yes. Never thought in my life I'd be doing construction, but here I am. Mm-hmm. And that pays the bills, thank God. Yes. But um, as far as ministry, I've been doing youth ministry for about 20 years. And that means I've seen a lot and been dealing with youth for quite a while. So cool. You got a quite a bit of experience there. Right. With all type of youth. All different types. I'm pretty excited for when my kids hit that age to you see how experience. they differ and all that stuff and how it is to deal with your kids versus yeah. how it is to deal with people who aren't kids. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, <laughs> I know, every time I talk about it, she's like, no, 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 uh, let's no, stay no, back, let's no, stay right no. here. Five right, I, I mean, I appreciate the moment. I get excited about every kind of season. new season that's going to come. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I appreciate the baby, the toddler, the kid, mm-hmm. but I'm also like, man, it's probably going to be really cool with this and that. Mm-hmm. It is, that's, that's yeah. a lot. Evelyn, my wife, has the same reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell us then, how was it parenthood? How was your first time holding your daughter? How did it right. feel? Well, it was it was interesting because I had come off a period of anxiety, of depression for about six years. So That's before, yeah. So before I did anything as far as getting pregnant and all that, when we got married, prior to getting married, Evelyn and I said we're gonna wait five years mm-hmm. to have kids. Let's enjoy each other. We didn't even know that I would be sick during that entire time. Mm-hmm. So in and out of hospitals, every drug you can imagine. Prescribed. Uh, drug. He just wanted to make sure you guys know it's prescribed. Just, you know. It's not like that. We should go to North Avenue to get right. injections. I was legally high. Let's just say that. Oh, <laughs> so man. I was legally high for about five years, and and it's just it was a lot. Only Evelyn really knows how intense our lives were for five years. So after we decided to go to Texas for a while to the seminary, go to school. The five years mark hit, and I was getting better, and I was detoxing from all the medicine. And then Evelyn and I kind of went, are we ready? You know, five-year mark hit, um, so are we going to make some kids here? And uh, my biggest dream in the world over anything you could possibly imagine was to be a dad. From the very moment, I even imagined being a kid. I used to dream about having a dad, and I don't know if that's normal for guys being being a kid, like dreaming of being a dad. But I, I, I was that type of that guy. Every time you looked at Andre at church, you would see him with a baby. Right. Or he was playing with the baby. He was running after a kid. It, right. it was just always, always. I like loved that. kids. I always dreamt of having my kids. Maybe it comes from like. You, you saw so much wrong when you were growing up, maybe you want to fix it, and you're yeah. like, I'm going to do better with my kids, so you like start yeah. to personify that somehow in the future. 
But once we finally got to that point where is it time, I was really like excited but super scared. Mm -hmm. Scared on the basis I think of every adult male when they think about kids is like, am I even able to have kids? Mm -hmm. That probably comes mm -hmm. in everybody's head. Yes, definitely. Because when you don't want kids, you don't try not to think about it. But uh -huh. in the back of my head is like, well, can I have kids? <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Thank God, it was pretty easy. <laughs> Did but, it take you guys a long time trying? No, it was like once, blah. Oh, so, wow, both so times, to be honest. Nice. But before we even decided, I had to kind of talk to Evelyn about, is this, because I was scared of bringing a kid into a, a world of anxiety, a world of depression, a world where dad was constant, consistently kind of fighting with something. Uh, that, that type of stuff. It's a heavy world to just take a kid through. Mm -hmm. So... So in that period of waiting, I kind of um, decided that that I was gonna let kind of God touch my heart about it, and um, I went to class that one day, and this one teacher just randomly came up to me and said, "The places where you once saw defeat, the places where you once saw darkness, God's gonna change that for the good." And immediately I took that to what I was praying about, which was my kids and having mm -hmm. a kid where I thought of hospitals as the beds of my anxiety and depression and medicine. And it was a really weird time because it was also a place where I saw my dad die. I saw my brother die and all that. So it was a lot when I thought of hospitals and then to kind of see that that was what God was going to change because the place of death was now going to be a place of birth. Mm -hmm. And I got really that's excited. Deep. I know, that's beautiful. And I thought that God kind of said, go for it. So we went for it, and not even a month later, she already tested positive. positive. Wow. That's so funny. once she got pregnant, I had to fight a lot of anxiety mm -hmm. because I was worried I was not going to be able to protect or provide the way I should. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, women, you, you guys, I know, you girls, right, mm -hmm. technically have this provision and all that stuff, but it's not at the same level as men. I think this And it difference. just kicks in where you have to protect, you have to provide, and that's mm -hmm. such a huge thing for us. Mm -hmm. And to think, oh man, I've been with anxiety and depression for mm -hmm. so long, how am I going to provide for this kid? It just hit really hard. Mm -hmm. But... Um, once Ellie was born, she was born in a place where there was no medicine in my life anymore. I was already all good. And when Wasn't I, she born also with Evie having no medicine whatsoever? Evelyn, yeah. Evelyn was like amazing labor pains. You ever yeah. want to talk about labor? Invite this lady <laughs> yeah. because she's amazing. She actually is the person that you say, did you enjoy labor? She says, uh, yes. yes. <laughs> she actually enjoyed labor, That's funny. which is weird. I, I had a there. lot of pain. I don't know. No medicine, the first nothing, time. and she enjoyed it both times, and it was hilarious. <laughs> but uh, as far as like once I held Ellie in my arms, it was such a mix of emotions because I felt like I'm gonna provide for this kid, so I was uh -huh. freaking out. Mm -hmm. And when you sleep in the hospital, it's a weird mm -hmm. feeling mm -hmm. for the man. You guys went through something. And you have to. We saw something. Our bodies are normal. Yeah. So we're going through stuff inside of us. It's just so intense. There's probably a lot that's released on men, too, that we don't know about, like hormone-wise. I mean, like, I'm the type of guy that can't handle blood. Yeah. At all. I always <laughs> said right. it from when I was a teenager. I don't uh -huh, know if you guys remember. Yeah, remember. Every time, we're like, yeah. I'm going to be the guy that's behind the curtains, <laughs> with like my hand like this, not looking at the, 
anything. I don't want to see anything. Mm -hmm. But the moment I got in there, I was pushing the doctor away because I wanted to see. Yeah, that's I, I, cool. The baby started crowning, and I was like, it did not gross me out. It didn't. It was my daughter. It was my yeah. son. I wanted to see. Mm -hmm. And I went practically, like, I cut the umbilical cord. I'm like, well, who is this person? Yeah. So it does something emotionally. Obviously, something kicks in. But it brings a different level to a relationship when you are just uh, married, you and your wife. And when you bring a kid in a mix, mm -hmm. the level of provision kicks in. Mm -hmm. yes. And it freaks, at least me, out mm -hmm. a lot. So in those two days that you're in the hospital, you're not working or whatever. So... And you're barely sleeping and it's so new and your wife is kind of like, you know, <laughs> going through something physically. Yeah. She's doozy. Right? She's like, I'm so tired. And yeah, I'm very hands-on, but at the same time, I was freaking out those two yeah. days inside of me. And you can't really say anything because your wife just went through a lot of ripping. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was interesting how God kind of just, in the same prophecy that I received, it was going to turn to good. It literally was. Ellie, for me, her name is Elizabeth Rose Canfield which to me symbolizes God's promise is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And God's promise for me was a family that is healthy, a family that is free of all this medicine crap that I went through mm -hmm. with all the, the pressures of the world that, mm -hmm. that I received as a kid. It's so different, so different. So, yeah, that's it changed me a lot. <laughs> that, that's amazing to hear from a dad's perspective because, like, we're always talking about um, our births and how it was and like yeah you know right mom that this is how you feel but like hearing it from a dad and like his inside right. world and like in the in those two days in the hospital for us it's like oh this hurts that hurts oh there's the milk here it's not right. here so like you're worried about like right. certain things physically but right. the dad is more mentally right. and trying to like okay so right. I gotta get my act together right and depending on what you guys went through mm -hmm. you're also getting medicine for your pain yes the guy is full on himself uh -huh. in the middle of chaos. Yeah. And it's pretty interesting because the baby comes in, comes out, comes mm -hmm. in and with the nurses and all that stuff that they do. All night. And it drives you insane. I know it drove Evelyn insane, but most of the time she's like exhausted. Yeah. Yes. And I'm not. <laughs> yeah, you're like, where's right. my baby? Right. Can I right. have it back? Like, I don't know about you, but anxiety in the hospital when you have a baby for a man is a big deal. Yeah. It is a very significant. And this is the first time yeah. we're ever hearing a dad kind of say that. Yeah. Right. Like, we had like our husbands where we're talking about right. each other. We weren't yeah. talking about like an parenthood right. perspective. So this is awesome. Right. Yeah, it so is. Really amazing. And um, so how did you said that you had moved? Uh, from here, from where we live, right. and you had your first baby there. How right. was that without having like the community mm -hmm. that you grew up, like even having like parents, right. ha like grandparents help? Right. How was how was that with like being a new parent, far away from everybody? I know you were in school at the right. time, so like how was balancing that out and having a newborn? Right. right. I mean, I look back. I was even looking back last week. I was talking to Evelyn about it. And I was like, man, this is so intense. What we were able to do at that time when Ellie was born um, with without everything we thought we would need. Mm -hmm. um, and I think every person is different, but more, most importantly, we're extremely adaptable as mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And we made a choice that I believe came from God to move thousands of miles away mm -hmm. and away from everything we grew up having. And... Being by ourselves was tough, but was amazing. It opened up a door in my self-knowledge, 
in my relationship with Evelyn, in my healing process that I never was able to do when I had the so-called support system. Mm -hmm. uh, the support system in my case was not so necessarily the support system I needed to come out of something. Rather, it was a codependent mm -hmm. support that kept me in places that were not healthy for me, mm -hmm. kept me in cycles that were not healthy for me. So going to Texas at that time was really scary. My anxiety flared up a lot over there, especially since I was detoxing from meds. And not having all those people, all those pastors, all the people that you grew up with was extremely hard. And then like I said, the story about when God told me about the child was like six months in to what we were doing. We weren't even there for a whole year. Mm -hmm. And God kind of liberated, right, the promise, the promise about let's have this baby. Uh -huh. And so once we kind of stepped into that, thinking about not having all these things, to be honest, because of how dependent we were on God at that moment, it felt great. <laughs> It felt great. I mean, I hope my parents or I mean, my dad's dead. If my mom's listening or if my mother-in-law is listening, that they won't be offended yeah. by, by what I'm about to say. But it was great not having them around. <laughs> and it's because there is, especially with your first child, there's so much you want to figure out about what you want. Mm -hmm. And when you are going through all this stuff around your parents or the people that have known you for whatever long or mm -hmm. think they know you, mm -hmm. Uh, they say preposterous things, mm -hmm. not just as opinions, but as in impositions. Mm -hmm. You should do this to mm -hmm. the point that when you kind of discard it, you see their offense. Yes. At least that was the people where I was around. I don't know, for us too. For me, <laughs> yes, I like, you the same way. Like this, yeah. To the dumbest details uh -huh. of even like children's rooms decors yeah. and all that stuff i saw that all over the place and well like, they should eat oh no this is so early yeah. for them to eat oh no don't, but, don't eat right now but it starts even from the moment you decide to have a child mm -hmm. it's like oh it's too early it's too late oh you're gonna have it not in your time it's just gonna come it's like wait it's my story my marriage yeah. i can make this happen my way this is mine right. don't touch it <laughs> the way the pregnancy goes and all that stuff i'm sure evelyn has a different side of the story because she was the one that was pregnant uh, but as far as for me, not having the thousands of opinions, the thousands of expectations, I'm sure the expectations were there. I just was not connected to them because I wasn't around it. Uh, at times, people will call and start saying stuff. It's as easy as a red button and bye. To, yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. You know, like, I don't need to listen to this. Delete. And it helped us. It helped us a lot to kind of respect our opinions. Okay, so once he came to our second child, where we did have it here in New Jersey, we were back, and you know, Evelyn's mom was at least here, my mom lives in Louisiana, uh, and all the people supposedly were here. We were so sure what we wanted and what we needed and what we went through with Ellie that there was no room for other people to just come because I was so confident mm -hmm. that it worked with Ellie. So no matter, oh, you guys should do this, I would just go like, <laughs> You know, I roll. <laughs> yeah, you know you're healed on something when you're so sure of your opinion that mm -hmm. people can say whatever they say. Oh yeah, okay, mm -hmm. and it doesn't even bother you. Yeah, it's the like, color is pink, but you're saying it's blue. Sure, it is blue. Sure, you don't matter. Yeah, think what you want to think. I'm so sure of myself. Mm -hmm. It's like I know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, go ahead, waste your breath. Mm -hmm. You know, like and it doesn't bother me. <laughs> it doesn't offend me. It, it, it's just, and it was great to kind of see that comparison of the births and the differences, but if it wasn't for Ellie's birth in Texas, I'm pretty sure 
things would have been a little bit different with all the opinions and all mm -hmm. that stuff, you know? And do you feel having um, Ellie in Texas brought you and Evelyn even closer to what you guys had before? How did your I mean, relationship with her change? Right. We, I had to depend on Evelyn and Evelyn alone. Um, there was nobody else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Same thing for her. Um, and I think more so on her side when it comes to a woman not having her mom around mm -hmm. during her pregnancy was a big deal. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but it was really great for me to see Evelyn's strength. Throughout my marriage of 11 years and 25 years almost of knowing Evelyn, mm -hmm. if there's one thing that amazes me is how strong this girl is. Mm -hmm. She's very sweet, very humble, very meek. And a lot of people wouldn't give her the credit of the true strength she really has. Mm -hmm. To be honest, she's one of those people. She yeah. <laughs> doesn't give herself the, the credit. We're all learning and right. discovering herself. But she's really during, during all that she's went through, my marriage with her has been chaos because of all the sicknesses and all that stuff. Then we went away and all that. But the way she handles things and just faces things is just like, it's un... Like, she does not get thrown down she does it she can handle things in ways that i can't even like uh so the way that she handles things it's really like the most if i'm impressed about anything is how strong she is so looking at that is so attractive to me at least mm -hmm. as her husband yeah to just see you know and i kind of will feed off, i will feed off her own strength mm -hmm. you know enduring what she endured with in my sickness enduring what she Enduring what she endured with in uh, in her pregnancy and all that stuff, it wasn't easy in my logic as a man. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine how how it would actually be for her. We should get Evelyn's perspective next. Right, that would be fun. That would be fun. Talk about pregnancy. She loves uh -huh. talking about that. But um, yeah, so it definitely brought us closer. I don't know if it's exactly Texas, but it was just a period we kind of embarked with that symbolized the beginning by Texas. Because to be honest, this time being back here in Jersey, I've been back in Jersey for, for four years already. And oh, time been, goes by. I know. Right. It's been that, that It's long. been four years that we've been back. This time has brought us even closer. Really? Because we learned to be by ourselves, but we had no choice. Mm -hmm. So now once we came back, we have a choice and to implement those choices in your life while everybody's not used to who you really are now yeah was the it's like it's really slaying like the the, the demons and dragons and giants mm. in your life in the places they were harvested and planted mm. so you're going on the roots so you're going to the deepest possible place yeah. to Kind of slay it all. This is where anxiety started for my life. The depression started. The codependency. Mm -hmm. The church my dad fostered. I went back to it all. And to kind of come back with independence was a super struggle. Mm -hmm. Much more than being alone in Texas. The wow. hardest part was being not codependent mm -hmm. in a place where you only knew to be codependent. Wow. codependent you know? So it was really interesting. I think Evelyn and I kind of shared that story in codependency very well uh -huh. so it's been a struggle for us in the outside but when it comes to our marriage i think it just brings us closer because there is no way a marriage would survive uh -huh. if you don't get closer during these times oh yeah you know so yeah that's when we um learn a little bit more about each other that's right. when we learn a little bit more about how to uh, help each other stand on like those eggshells right. because it is like an eggshell moment that right. you have to like be on your tippy toes and right. learning and getting right. There and there. I think when 
just so I can add to the eggshells. Mm -hmm. I think I always been from the moment I was born taught mm -hmm. to step perfectly in eggshells, mm -hmm. to not break eggshells. My life's moment in the last four years has been I don't give a damn. <laughs> Let me step on some eggshells. Yeah, hard on. I am done. Mm -hmm. I'm done sacrificing myself, my family, my kids. Uh, that's for where something I, else. Yeah, like kids did that to me. Okay. Evelyn and I were very sacrificial religious people, and mm -hmm. we sacrificed ourselves to the extreme where I had all this sickness because of it. Because of it. Mm -hmm. And now that we are kind of healthy, or at least trying to be, mm -hmm. and healthy, not just body, but mind, most importantly, mm -hmm. it just helped me to kind of go, I don't give a damn anymore. Let me step on some eggshells, and if you get offended, and if you get mad, and you're gonna flee from my life, good. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm done sacrificing my kids. It's one thing to sacrifice me, mm -hmm. but now seeing that I'm doing the same to my kids, it hurt really yeah. bad. Because yeah. I saw I was going through that pattern, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing that to my kids. Enough is enough. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard, but it was really good because now we offend a lot of people, I'm pretty sure. But at the same time, I'm not trying to offend them. No. I'm just standing for what is right your ground. for me mm -hmm. and my family, my marriage, my health, mm -hmm. and even my relationship with God. I mm -hmm. think God like calls you to be you. He's yeah. not calling you to be some other person in the church. He's calling you to be you in the church. And I'm done trying to be my dad. I'm done trying to be anybody else. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be me. Mm -hmm. And that can hurt yeah. <laughs> other oh. people. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, it's a process also for right. us, right? To be discovering who we really are right. besides what the expectation of right. other people are, of their, right. uh, what the way they see the world right. through you or how right. they want to see it through you. So, like, that's also a shell that's breaking right. through it's in ourselves, Would you too. say that, like, have you seen, like, I know you guys do, like, life coaching as well and all mm -hmm. that stuff. If you look four years back, because four years is a big, big number for me at this moment. I am not at all, at all, at all, in so many different levels, the same person I was four years ago. For sure. Oh, sure. I was talking about it this week. I'm not the same person I was a year ago. Right. Because I started doing coaching. Right. Like a year ago. And then I look at it because it was my birthday not long ago. And right. like that's when you stop and you right. actually think, okay, well, what right. happened? And right. like, whoa, who right. is this girl in this yeah. picture and who is this right. girl now? And it, it so. goes further. I think sometimes when people think of life coaching, they think it's like physically, but the physical is just actually to me the least yeah. of the changes. It's just a little add, an addition to right. it. It's but not the just... mental, the value yeah. system, yeah. the morality inside of me, not in a bad way, in a good way, like mm -hmm. what I think is now moral is not out of a codependency religious mm -hmm. thing. It's more of a conviction that I know mm -hmm. is biblical yeah. and I know does me good for my life and it comes from God rather than trying to expect or whatever. Yeah. So when it even comes to these parents or mm -hmm. family members, I think that's the worst when it comes to like you showing who you really are. Mm -hmm. That's where I felt like all the time you're trying to step on eggshells because yeah, they're yes. the ones that get offended the most yeah. mm -hmm. because I think we're around them the most mm -hmm. and they think they have a... Uh, the control of you or, or, or a, a, a pass card of higher intimacy yeah yes. you know to say what they want to say or and i for me in my experience coming to be who i really was right for my family was like well i didn't do a good enough job for right. you that now right. you're finding yourself right. like well i didn't teach you right. well enough it's like no just your expectations shed, like put a shade in right. who i really was and who right. god 
called me to be. Right. Or I even think about the following. It's like, you did the best that you could you with knew? what you got. Yeah. And it got me much further than what you went. But hello, let me go further. further. Yeah. And push my kids even further. And I'm sure my kids will have their differences from me. For sure. I'm just really glad that I recognize this now so yeah. that I cannot be offended later on. Because I'm yeah. pretty sure they're going to come, Dad, you know, this. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's part of growing up. Uh-huh. But uh, parents, I come, as far as since I talked about parents, is that I'm okay with being different than my parents. Mm-hmm. And that opened up a door for my kids to be different than me mm-hmm. and respect them in such yeah. ways. Yeah. And uh, even though they're very little, mm-hmm. it, it helps me to kind of just like, okay, you well, don't the, like what I like. Yeah. Um, and you look at them outside of yourself. Right. It, because you respect yourself more, you have respect for who right. they are. And you're like, okay, this child is different than what I am or what I like, what I mm-hmm. dislike. And it's okay that right. they are who they are, who right. God put in, in them right. for them to be. Their own, right. their awesome. own little person right. growing in like a little human right. here that we only think of them like right. being their parents and teaching them. Right. No, no, no. They're their own person. Right. They have to discover themselves. They have to yeah. go right. through things for them to learn. Right. And that I think learning that now as they are small, it's right. it, it helps a lot into us being okay right. with as but they grow. The only reason you're saying this is because you're coming from a place where you're kind of already dealing with the expectations of what you as an adult have yes. from your parents who are also mm-hmm. adults. And now you're dealing with the differences and mm-hmm. trying to be okay with it. So it opens up your eyes to say, wait, my kids are going to do the same because yeah. they're humans. They're yeah. different. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to open up this door mm-hmm. for myself. Yeah. Yes. And as I did... Whereas I broke some expectations, to be honest, expectations I thought my parents had of me. Because my dad is dead, I think it's been 12 years. And I don't recall certain things. There are some things you just receive wrong. Yeah. You have certain, your parents now. Have you ever like noticed that some things you thought they taught you mm-hmm. wasn't exactly that? Well, they yeah. said something, you took it in a moment. And then when you grew up thinking it was that, you're like, wait. That's, did that's you, not what you meant. Did you really teach me that? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, no, and considering my dad was my dad, my pastor, my mentor, mm-hmm. my boss, mm-hmm. in a lot of my life, all his opinions were uh, in hyper mode. So mm-hmm. sometimes he's just saying something he's like thinking of that he can change his opinion on, yeah. as all humans do. But to me, it became dogma. It became like, this is It has it. to be this mm-hmm. way. You know? And so as I grew up, I had to kind of let go of that and to know that he's dead and I can't ask those uh-huh, questions to uh-huh. be like, is this it? Was really important because as I broke down in me, my own stuff, mm-hmm. it made me more aware. Wait, I also have expectations of my kids. Mm-hmm. And is it fair that I'm okay? It looks different, it sounds different in my ideals, it feels healthier. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, are they also not expectations mm-hmm. that. And it's a very fine line um, for us to be able to do that. to like you want to input something on them, but you also want them to be themselves right. and finding that little fine line and walking and being sure. And like you were saying, being convicted right. of their differences and our right. differences is a very hard thing right. for any type of parent. Right. And do you feel like you started this journey of um, self growth before you had Ellie important or this started while you're having your child? 
And how did that affect, obviously, or change your parenting? You already mentioned a right. little bit, but how did it really change the way you parent both right. of your kids? In the intensity that I feel I've been in for the last four years, let's just say, there are seasons. Mm -hmm. uh, there are seasons that I think every human kind of, they stop to see there's always a growth. It's something that, that God uses to do whatever needs to be done. Um, the reason why I say that is because I don't want to discredit the old Andre's efforts. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to discredit the old me because as much as I differ from him, as much as I look back and some things are cringy, <laughs> and it's like, oh, Jesus, I can't believe I thought that. I can't believe I did that. I can't uh -huh. believe, but I did. <laughs> uh -huh. But it's also that same guy that got me here today. Mm -hmm. And all that I am proud of today is because that guy fought for, experience, mm -hmm. went through. So I think mm -hmm. everything he went through, got through, it is so important for me. So I give him the trophy he deserves too, mm -hmm. rather than say he was crap, because he went through it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And 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 I am who I am because of old Andre mm -hmm. having gone and decided and all that stuff. And today I'm more, much more, what's the word, maybe enlightened, maybe uh, more science of what's around me. And mm -hmm. uh, most importantly, like what Lily said, is a self-growth. Mm -hmm. um, I was extremely um, codependent in a lot of ways. I was a pretty strong leader, mm -hmm. but he was always dependent upon everybody else mm -hmm. and their opinions and the pedestals. And as of late, especially the last two years... God's just been stripping me of pulpits and, and mm -hmm. altars. I still preach and all that stuff, but the importance of those for itself mm -hmm. and even my pedigree. I don't know if you're going to understand this, mm -hmm. but I come from like generations of generations of generations of pastors mm -hmm. and that, that imposement and that, the exploitation that and, heaviness um, that you and, have. Like, and also that pride to mm -hmm. say, I got this pedigree mm -hmm. uh, always made me feel a little bit better than people mm -hmm. because I was, I needed that, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, at the that's end of the, what you grew up with. That's what I thought I needed to survive. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were talking before we recorded about, I think it was with Debbie, uh -huh. that we kind of like, who ignored you or who whatever, mm -hmm. you know, like, so we, people ignore us. We go through traumas. We cling to something to mm -hmm. try to lift us up. Mm -hmm. So in case I didn't want to deal with my problems, I needed this little pedigree. I needed mm -hmm. the applause of the church. I needed the applause mm -hmm. of my parents or whatever. To be able to feel good about myself mm -hmm. and once that got stripped away mm -hmm. the self-growth was no longer an option I but had it, to it, it's either i do it or i die mm -hmm. and so i did it I, <laughs> he's alive guys <laughs> he did not die and i'm really surprised at the person i am i'm mm -hmm. extremely surprised in the million years of those of a self-awareness of a inside health or the type of so I'm the way my brain clicks today is actually like the most surprised. I did not even think, I I did not even think this was a possibility to have this type of respect for myself. I did not know that that was okay. I did not know I could achieve it, and I'm actually really really happy that I have because mm -hmm. I didn't know that was an option for life. You know. Alrighty. Um. <laughs> That, that's amazing and it, it is uh, learning about ourselves and being confident uh, about who we actually are right. makes us stop into having to have those things from the outside for us to right. be who we actually are so it's really 
good and that's like a thing that happens when we're learning and growing um also uh, we would like to know how um like lessons that you have learned from your kids from after you became a parent right um like the differences between having a boy right. and having a girl right. and like what is this something that you have uh, learned from right. them so my five-year-old and a half-year-old is <laughs> the half is important was always from the moment she was born pretty intense uh, she was very independent even as a baby always knew what she wanted and for me and Evelyn who were kind of dealing with a lot of low self-esteem stuff this girl comes and says I am me listen to me roar mm -hmm. so we always from the moment she was born even before she was born used to call her our little lion the decor of her room is like gardens and lions for a little girl that was kind of weird but we put lionesses everywhere. And we're like, because that's the, what we felt in our spirit, that she was going to be that type of go-getter, mm -hmm. you know, fighter type of person. And exactly, is, it's exactly <laughs> who she is. To the point that I thought when Kayla was born, and we call him our little eagle. I should have known. I don't know why it took me by surprise. But I thought he was going to be more chill. I thought he was going to be a little bit more laid back and all that stuff. As, I knew he was a boy and he was going to have a lot of energy, but I thought he would be more willing to cave in because mm -hmm. he was going to have such a strong-willed sister that was going to, like, fight with him. Mm -hmm. But that is not the case at all. Whoa. So I end up having two leaders as children Whoa. who will not give up their ideas, will not give up their decisions at all. They fight me, and I'm pretty strong as a parent. Uh -huh. They fight me. And it, it, it gets to the point of what well, we were talking before, where I want to impose, and I want to say, you better, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> um, because it gets to that point, and I, yeah. I think men get more agitated when they feel disrespected by their children. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had to put that aside. Mm -hmm. So they taught me to be more understanding regardless if they fully understand my explanation or not are they not human to be deserving of one yeah. um if they have an opinion do they really have to do everything you want them to do because you prefer it that way mm -hmm. um don't because i i fought that a lot with my dad my dad was such a sergeant and and then i was like wait I'm doing the same thing, even if I say it nicer, I'm still imposing the same stuff. Mm -hmm. So they taught me to be a little bit more respectant of them, even before they're adults. Mm -hmm. I don't have to respect their opinion once they're old and mature and gone through mm -hmm. a lot. I need to respect their opinion now, mm -hmm. because so if I don't respect it now, <laughs> they're going to get to an age where they're my age and they're going to be self-conscious about, what do I want? Oh, should what I say? Oh, do I need... So then you're always kind of wanting somebody's opinion about everything and uh, you can't make a full-on confident decision, decision by mm -hmm. yourself. I went through that in a lot of different ways, Evelyn as well. And so I was like, wait, is it really that bad that they know what they want? And as every parent knows, you end up having to choose and pick your battles mm -hmm. because there are certain <laughs> things they really don't know what they're talking about. But okay, I have to still listen. Mm -hmm. I still have to respect your opinion because 
I know that this world requires a lot of followers, mm -hmm. but who says that has to be my kids? Yeah. Um, why not have the leaders? Mm -hmm. And uh, I, it's just surprising to me, stupidly as well, <laughs> because I did name him my eagle, and eagles are also go-getter, fighter, mm -hmm. strong, uh, just in different places, mm -hmm. right? One is in the jungle, the other is in the air. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I feel like that's who they're called to be, leaders and strong and all that stuff. And they put us to the test. Mm -hmm. And and they teach, like every parent can say, patience mm. uh, and grace. Uh, and not just grace in, like, in a way of like, oh, you know, getting a gift that you don't deserve. But grace as far as being like gentle. Like Evelyn is the queen sometimes of like just so so sweet. Like there's things that she's so sweet about, and I just want to chop these kids' heads off. <laughs> and because they push us to that limit, so the things they taught us the most is, you know, honestly, in summary, is just to respect the value that they have already. Not that they're gonna have, mm -hmm. but who they are as individuals in their minds, in their hearts, in their feelings. And that means, yeah, you're going to cry, you're going to scream, you're going to mm -hmm. try to do some stuff, and I'm going to get annoyed, mm -hmm. but I'm going to do my best to control and be okay and not <laughs> flip out. And breathe. Right? Because they're going to have to, somebody has to be stable in the situation. Mm -hmm. And it's funny how many times us, out of annoyance, expect the two-year-old or the five-year-old to mm -hmm. be the one that's stable. It's so funny because like we would say like, you know, just act your age and you're right. like, oh, I what am. Is? <laughs> like I am seven, I am five. Right. But we have this expectation right. of kids. Well, who's acting, to, not acting it, their age? It's Me. us. It's us. Because yeah. yeah. then we are, as adults, letting our little kids to be upset. Right. And then right. we're like, well, but you can't right. do that because I right. wasn't allowed to do that. So how can you? So right. yeah, that's awesome. Right. And what is the one thing um, that you can tell mommies from us? dad's perspective right. about this life of parenthood um from what i've seen end on that <laughs> sure from what i've seen there's all different types of dads out there mm -hmm. i know that there's stati statistics everywhere that say that most males mm -hmm. tend to leave mm -hmm. and not stay so first off be thankful that they're there and i get it that 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 sometimes is hard mm -hmm. <laughs> But uh, they're there in a world that a lot of other men choose to leave. Your husband, the daddy of your children, still chooses to be there. Mm -hmm. uh, let that ignite some type of gratitude. Mm -hmm. And know that they don't think like women. Mm -hmm. They're not, I think, and this might get some heat, but I think a man's uh, role inside the house is different than a woman's. Uh huh. It, it, it can't be the same. So as far as the roles for a man, uh, provision is always going to win out. Always. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing when a guy loses his job. It's another thing the woman realizing that. Like mm -hmm. the woman can say, oh, if we do this or if we stretch that or mm -hmm. we're going to be okay mm -hmm. and we can depend on this or ask for help here and all that stuff and yeah logistically speaking that makes complete sense and the man is not stupid enough not to know that that's an option mm -hmm. but the way that that hits you in on what you're supposed to do yeah it's deeper. yeah it's deeper it, 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 it hits identity yeah it hits identity we um especially as of now i've been more and more aware that provision 
hits a part of fatherhood Mm -hmm. in a way that you can't break it. Mm -hmm. So if a man feels like he can't provide even something as dumb as an extra toy or an extra Mm -hmm. day of vacation Mm -hmm. or stuff like that, it hurts Mm -hmm. to their core of what they believe they're supposed to give to their kids in a similar fashion to, I think, at least in my household, when your kid is sick, something happens in a month. Yeah, <laughs> it does. <laughs> they turn into this weird thing where it's like their fault mm-hmm. that the child's sick. And logistically speaking, it's not really their fault. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets sick. Yeah. But, it's but like we don't know that. Moms, moms go into this mode that destroys them when the kid's sick. It's almost like, I'd rather be sick with this. It's yeah. just the cold. Like, uh-huh. relax. It's not the plague. But there's no way we feel it in a deeper way that you're like, right. it's it a different type of protection. Yeah. The it's, dad is right. it's like, I'm going to protect you by providing. Right. And the mom is like, I'm going to protect you because you're sick. Right. Or but it's I not emotional it's, support. It's a supply that, that comes from nurturing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a pr- nurturing protection. And yeah. the man, it's a provision protection. Mm-hmm. And it's so different. And do you see how when I said that, you guys should have seen their faces, both of them (laughs) Because, and that's kind of how, like, if there's, like, lack of something in the house, Uh the way it hits to a man, it's similar in that fashion. Mm -hmm. And there is, like, I can try to tell Evelyn a thousand times, it's not your fault, relax. But it's almost like women want to (laughs) cry because their kid's sick. It's because it's their fault that that they went to school and got a virus or Uh something like that. Like, come on. And it's the same way for men. Mm-hmm. So, but in a matter of finances and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you can kind of do that switch around mm-hmm. how you feel as a woman mm-hmm. towards the kid being sick to your husband, towards the bills, yeah. towards, it'll make you understand why he feels he needs to work what he, the way he works. Mm-hmm. Why he's flipping out about paying this bill. Why he's thinking of taking this extra loan just so you can have this type of thing. And you're like, I'm fine with that I have, but that directly shows him mm-hmm. what he feels towards being a dad, mm-hmm. towards being a husband, towards being himself. Mm-hmm. Tony's always mentioning, I'm going to get extra. I'm like, no. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. it, it, it makes sense. Yeah. It's in their natural instinct to kind of go and provide. So mm-hmm. I would say that, that if a woman can start to give them some type of understanding of hey this is you know it's part of what like, i thank called you. Thank to you do for, yeah and you kind of listen i understand that's what you call to do it gives you a better understanding i probably even compliment your husband yeah mm-hmm. evelyn is the queen of trying to compliment me in ways that women think are cool like <laughs> oh your hair looks so nice and i roll my eyes oh and my God. Like, uh, doesn't like compliments. I like compliments, but I like compliments that pertain to stuff that I care about. Uh You know, so if you want to compliment me on stuff that like, oh, you were able to get me this, that makes me feel good. Uh Now, oh, you look good in that shirt. Guys, like, yeah, I do look good in this shirt. I give myself that compliment and I myself fine with it's it. It's fine. That's it. We don't need now, anything extra. Now, women need all that mm-hmm. stuff. We don't. Yeah. We, if we want compliment, we want a compliment and how that affects us. We're provided for it. Right. Like, we like being recognized as the provider. Yeah. And uh, even if you make more money than your husband, he is in nature more inclined to need mm-hmm. to provide. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, at least that's what I believe and what I've gone through. If that's different in somebody else's house, that's their problem. Mm -hmm. But, but in my awesome. house, I'm pretty sure in most houses, uh -huh. this is the thing. So, if you can open, there's a thousand things more. Yeah. But if you can open up your eyes to see that your husband needs this, mm -hmm. that this is just not, it's not just about competition. It's not just him being egocentric or trying to prove anything to anybody, it actually hits in like, you know what? I just want to show you that I yeah. can provide. Mm -hmm. And so he wants bigger and better every time. And more. And more, just to keep on providing, uh -huh. proving to you he can. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. You know? That's cool. That was, I like that. Yeah, that was really Thanks, cool. Man. You should see your face when I said it. It was pretty funny. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> this um, this was awesome. Thank you, Andre, for being here, for uh, recording with us, and giving your perspective no into um, parenthood and fatherhood. Right. And um, guys, I didn't laugh as much. See, <laughs> <laughs> you cringed a few times. <laughs> guys, thank you so much again for all the support you guys are giving. Um, don't forget to share, comment. subscribe. Comment. I was gonna say comment. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you guys are awesome. Peace. We'll see you next time.